0: Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, consider joining my crew on Patreon to win amazing prizes like our adorable merch, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, and incredible sex toys. Go to patreon.com slash sexedwithdb to join my crew. Get discounts at all of your favorite sex toy shops at sexedwithdb.com. And follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. If you want to partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. Are you falling into a pattern with your partner? Looking to spice things up but aren't sure how? exit the ordinary with lion's den lion's den has hundreds of your favorite brands to help you and your partner reconnect or try something new from novices to dungeon masters there are products for every comfort level with 50 plus years in business lion's den is here to help can't make it to a local store shop online and chat with a customer service team member while you shop lion's den offers our listeners 15 percent off in-store and online using code sexed with db Here are my top three favorite things I love about UberLube. Number one, UberLube makes sex feel a lot more pleasurable. It's as simple yet as powerful as that. Number two, UberLube is recommended by leading doctors, and its body friendly ingredient list makes it widely used by people with sensitivities to lubricants. And number three, UberLube will not stain clothing or bedding. Any spills can be easily cleaned with detergent and water. Get your bottle of UberLube now with code SEXEDWITHDB with DB for 15% off at uberlube.com. If you're like me, it's important to choose a toy with body-safe materials and a proven orgasmic track record. Fun Factory pioneered body-safe toys and has a serious cult following of vibrator enthusiasts. Honestly, you can't beat their medical-grade silicone toys. Not only are they long-lasting, they're also designed by German engineers for serious motor power. Ready for an ubergasm? Use discount code SEXED with DB for 15% off your new favorite Fun Factory toy. Good evening, Dr. Upadhyay, how are you doing tonight? Good, Danielle, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here, uh, albeit under very uh, horrific circumstances, obviously. We're gonna be talking all about abortion today and Roe v. Wade and uh, your research and what your research has found. Um, and you know, I think there is a little bit of solace uh, for me at least, and I think our peers and listeners who are listening to this right now In really uh, grounding ourselves in the data, in the numbers, really understanding what does the history tell us around this information and this topic, and like where are we currently and where are we going, and I think like that is what you will offer us today. So I'm very lucky to have you. Thank you so so much. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us about your career and your research. Sure. Um, I am Dr.
1: Oshma Upadhyay. I I am a PhD public health social scientist, so I'm not a doctor. I often have to uh, preface whenever I talk about abortion um, in that way, but I do care about public health. My training is in public health, and I came to this work um, interested in understanding abortion safety. That was kind of one of my first projects. Um, because there, when I started in about two th- 2009, there was so little data on abortion safety. And that was actually the beginning of these state level abortion restrictions. And all of the rhetoric at that time was, we need these laws to protect women for their health and safety. And so it really um, became a passion of mine to really understand and provide some of the data, as you were saying, behind all of these um, assumptions about abortion. And and what we found is that it is extremely safe, uh, much safer than um, pregnancy and childbirth.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, Talk to me a little bit more, uh, answer your your organization and tell me what that stands for, for folks who haven't heard of that. Um, And really like, I wanna hear about your research and what has come out of that program.
1: So ANSWER stands for Advancing New Standards in Reproductive Health. We are a research program that uh, seeks to ensure that policy and programs um, and even culture are all grounded in evidence. And so we have researchers that look at, one of my favorite projects, um, looking at Uh, abortion representations in TV and film, Mm. and they do great analysis on how that impacts our culture and how what we believe about abortion Um, or depictions of medication abortion versus uh, procedural abortion on film and TV. Um, And then, you know, much of our research is about abortion policy and and reproductive health um, in general.
0: That is so powerful. And I also love that idea of really understanding how movies and TV Mm -hmm. shows portray abortion, because that's that really, as you said, like is what sets culture and like what really people begin to understand as like, oh, this is normal or this is Mm -hmm. like a lot simpler in some ways. You know, of course, we're going to talk about all the barriers that people face when it comes to abortion access, but like, This is just a part of health and really going to the doctor and maybe depending on the procedure, it could take five, 10, 15 minutes, and then you go home. Maybe there's pain for many people. Maybe there's mm-hmm. slight pain, you know, just really seeing it as like a part of you taking care of your everyday health. Yeah. Um, and that's how it really should be looked at. So I think that's super interesting. I would love to have another episode specifically about abortion, uh, you know, on TV and movies. Oh, but- yeah but uh, today we're talking about your study, um, which I'm really excited to to chat about. You recently had a study come out specifically about abortion clinic closures, right? And like the regional patterns of these closures in the United States. Talk to me about this study. I would love to hear about its findings, like why it's significant. And then we're going to kind of move into how that, you know impacts our current landscape and talk about the overturning of Roe v. Wade um, to further change what's happening here. Yeah,
1: so we have an abortion facility database. We've been tracking data on publicly advertising abortion facilities in the United States. We started this in 2013. We were kind of doing it the best we could um, starting in 2013 but then in 2017 we got serious and we said let's make our these searches systematic. And so we developed a developed a methodology uh, we use um, we search every single major city in the United States and every single state and we um, track, Abortion providing facilities, their, um, their how much they charge, the gestational limits for the clinic, um, and a number of other traits about each abortion facility. So we've been able to track openings and closings. And um, what we found is that between 2017 and 2021, the, the clinics that started, the regions that started out with the fewest clinics experienced even greater clinic loss. And the gains in clinics were really focused, uh, concentrated in the Northeast and in the West. And so we, over time, we're seeing a greater uh, disparity in abortion access and and where facilities can be found. Um, Additionally, the number of facilities offering procedural abortion decreased from 538 to 473. And so these procedural abortion facilities are the ones that go beyond the the first trimester and can offer care to people who are seeking care in the second and and third trimesters.
0: Wow. Incredibly important, right? To really highlight the fact that Southern clinics, which already there were less Southern clinics than there were, for example, in California, right, or on the on the Northeast on the East Coast, um, the South is really hit hardest by these clinic closures. Um, and I know, you know, your study, I kind of am reading the highlights there, as you mentioned, you know, 48 clinic closures compared to 25 openings. so there's a, a mm-hmm. large dearth in the ability for people in the South to get the care that they need already before Roe v. Wade even was overturned. That's right.
1: And we saw a lot of new clinics that opened in the Northeast and in the West, they tended to be more medication abortion only clinics. So uh, services that only offer medication abortion care, which is good in a sense that um, they're you know, it's easier to provide. And so there are a lot more outlets that can offer people this care. And we also found an increase between 2020 and 2021 in the number of telemedicine-only clinics. So that has become a big change in the abortion landscape. But of course, those also have been in the states where there there are already many more abortion
0: facilities. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about telemedicine for a second, because I think there's a lot of Uh, at least in my side of TikTok, as they say, as the kids say, my side of TikTok, my corner of TikTok, um, I'm getting a lot of videos about uh, mail forwarding services Mm. that you can set up if you are someone who is currently living in one of these 26 states where they ev- either before Roe v. Wade was overturned, there were extreme abortion bans happening, or now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, there was a trigger law put in place where within a number of weeks, months, um, abortion will be effectively banned in your state. Talk to me about uh, the mail forwarding service and telehealth in general.
1: Yeah, that's something I I hadn't mentioned is that we expect about 202 clinics to close um after the SCOTUS decision on Friday. So over the course of the coming months, we expect about one quarter of the faci- of the facilities to just completely shutter. So telemedicine is um An exciting new development in the abortion care landscape, Um, however, it's right now it's only accessible in about 22 states, there are 19 states have bans against telehealth and, of course, those are the very same ones that are trying to ban abortion altogether. But, um, you know, telemedicine we you know we have a study called the chat study. It's the California Home Abortion by Telehealth Study. We started in California, but the study has grown to cover include all of the states where uh, telehealth for abortion is available. And we're we're planning we're looking at safety and efficacy. But all of the available evidence shows that it is extremely safe, extremely effective, just as effective as when you pick up the medications at a clinic. Um, and of course, like. Why wouldn't they be? Whether you pick up the medications from a clinic or receive them in the mail, you're going to you're still going to have the experience at home or at a friend's house, um, not in the clinic setting. So, it's as we expected, but it's nice to have that data behind our our expectations or expected outcomes. So, um, I was just going to describe the the models of care. It's really exciting that there are. Telehealth clinics or virtual clinics is what they we call them, where people can um, they can have their entire um, clinician patient interaction through instant messaging or, or private secure messaging. They don't even have to have a, a conversation with a clinician, and that really has some of our patients have reported, it really removes the stigma. Reduce It means that they don't have to talk to a lot of people about their decision or try to justify it. And they can make their healthcare decisions for what's best for them without having to feel that judgment.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. And so with, you know, this mail forwarding service, I like, haven't obviously like done it myself because I currently am in New York, but can you explain a little bit of like the, the, you know, three-step process that, Mm. that, that people can do for this service?
1: Yes. So we have, um, some patients in our study who have reported that they have used the service to have the medications mailed to a friend in a state that where it is legal and the friend forwards the medications to them. And so I understand that there are these new mail forwarding services where, um, the, you know, it's a similar process except you're paying for this mailbox. I think you, you can pay for it by the month. So you just pay for it by the month, but it's very minimal. And you have that mail forwarded to you in your state in, um, in your band, in your state that bans abortions. So, um, and, you know, there's very little that th- the states can do because mail is a federal service, right? That's federal. Hopefully we'll, it will see greater federal protections over the mail. Um, but, you know, of course it does, it does open people up to um, criminal risk. And so that's what we're concerned about.
0: Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought that up because everything that we are currently creating when it comes to infographics on abortion or resources, like the number of times that we say like people of color, BIPOC folks, LGBTQ folks, marginalized communities have been criminalized for their legal abortions or miscarriages for decades. Mm -hmm. And like, if that has been going on for decades, then we really need to be aware that if you are in a state and you do set up this mail forwarding service, or if you do do a telehealth you know, appointment, even if that's technically legal because you're doing it from a different state or you're getting those pills from a different state, it is possible for you to be criminalized and arrested and put in jail for these mm-hmm. acts. And so I think like I don't want to say, you know, like, oh, it's so easy, just set up a mailbox, because there are certain populations, obviously, that are more at risk than others. And it's such a shame that we need to keep making that disclaimer, but it is critical for us to really be clear about that. And people like you and me, who I live in New York, you're living in California. We obviously carry this very large privilege when it comes to our States really mm-hmm. actively. I was, I was in the car on the way home today. And on the radio, I heard a commercial that was about protecting abortion in New York state. I was wow. shocked. I I was <laughs> really like taken aback in such a positive way of like, wow, I'm so proud to live in the state and feel very lucky. And so whatever. I'm kind of rambling mm-hmm. now, but essentially it's just well, terrible. Yeah, that, Cal- yeah.
1: California passed a constitutional amendment like today or
0: yesterday. Yeah, and it was, it's am- Acted, I know it's amazing. Correctly. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. We have, we have a couple other, other questions here. Uh, other things to talk about. I mean, let's kind of dig into, you know, like how these cl- back to clinic closures, right? Like how those clinic closures, you mentioned you're, you're expecting through your research, a quarter of clinics in the United States to Mm -hmm. close. Um, What has that led to? Like, what is the data on that for what already has happened due to those clinic closures? And what does that mean for our current future with Roe v. Wade being overturned?
1: Yeah, it just means that people are going to have an even tougher time already as it is, you know, before there were 27 abortion deserts. We found major cities where people had to drive 100 miles or more to reach an abortion provider. Now it will be far greater and the burdens of having to travel, you know, having to arrange time off of work and that loss of income, and then arranging for childcare, and then the costs of gas, and gas is at an all-time high right now, um, paying for lodging, um, and then for the abortion itself. And in our research, we found that while patients spend time collecting all of the money to make this huge road trip, um, by the time they're they've collected the needed amount they call the clinic and they find that the procedure cost has gone up and you know then they are again in a cycle of just waiting and and um trying to collect the money for this trip and it it pushes it out of abortion out of reach for so many people and people of color low income people adolescents you know incarcerated people people with disabilities there's so many people in our society that that just cannot travel. Undocumented people who um, will could be deported if they are if they are found to be traveling. So there's many reasons people cannot travel, and they're more likely to try to um, order these pills online. And as you said, um, be more likely to be prosecuted if they do go to a hospital. Need help, and clinical staff, hospital staff, could call the authorities, thinking that that it's their duty, even though there's no law. There's, it's actually a HIPAA violation to call right. the authorities. Um, but it, it, we will see people um, ha, be be prosecuted for
0: for this. To all my friends out there in a long distance relationship, are you feeling disconnected from your boo? Wish they could bring you pleasure in person if FaceTime sex just isn't cutting it. Well, thank goodness for Clonea Willy. Clonea Willy makes DIY molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high-quality, 100% body-safe sex toy so you can stay connected no matter where you are. Use promo code SEXED with DB20 for 20% off at clonawilly.com. We talk a lot about sex ed, but when we're shopping for products to support our sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, we head to the experts at Lion's Den. For 50-plus years, Lion's Den has been a leader in adult products. Whether you want to explore a new kink or add a little romance to your evening, Lion's Den has something for all. Each location is brightly lit and staffed with the very best experts in pleasure, passion, and romance, so you can feel comfortable and confident in your purchases. Lion's Den's offering our listeners 15% off your purchase in-store and online using code SEXED with DB. Absolutely. And something like super so I mentioned this offline. And this audience who is listened to one of these episodes knows that my mom is an OBGYN. She is on our podcast every season. Uh, mm-hmm. we talk about a lot of issues, and obviously, like uh this is definitely within her domain of interest and passion. And uh, you know, she has shared the science with me, and many other doctors agree and healthcare professionals that like you cannot tell the difference between mm-hmm. like when you have induced an abortion like with medication and when a miscarriage happens like there's no way to tell the difference um and you like can't be tested if you have taken mifepristone and misoprostol that's like not a, a thing that science mm-hmm. currently has in order to do And so I think it's so important that we, and we honestly, we had an episode about this like two and a half years ago, like with uh, an author and uh, an activist named Robin Marty, who has Mm -hmm. been talking about when when Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned for years now, very sadly, Mm -hmm. but correctly. And the script that Robin Marty kind of gave is like, you know, if you are someone who is you know, did your your at home abortion with medication pills, and you live in a state where you weren't able to be overseen by a, a doctor or a healthcare provider, or, or even, you know, through telehealth because it's not safe for you or what have you. If you go to the hospital and say, I need help, I am miscarrying, and like just use that script, like again, there's no guarantee people are criminalized all the time, but like it's so important to arm people mm-hmm. with that language and with that script because. They need to know how to protect themselves in this landscape.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, all people should have the right to get clinical care when they need it, um, and you know, be able to be honest about what they're experiencing. But that's exactly right. The treatment is going to be the same whether it's a it's a miscarriage or someone is inducing their abortion.
0: Totally this is like a little random, but I do think it's a really important note to discuss. And I think being at, uh, you know, Washington square park on Friday after the announcement and being among all the protesters and seeing all the signs, there were definitely quite a lot of, uh, coat hanger imagery. Mm. And I think it's an important like thing for us to bring up while we're chatting about this, because I think Within the sexual health field and experts, maybe like disagree, and there are differences. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. But a lot of people think that that imagery with blood on it, with the phrase "We won't go back," is powerful. It's kind of calling to a time in the 1970s when we were in a pre Roe you know world, uh, fighting for abortion rights. And at the same time, at least in my circles and what I understand is that like that imagery can be really harmful and can be a misrepresentation of the reality of our situation because up to 11 weeks, you can safely 99% effective, 99% Mm -hmm. safe, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, rate, uh, have an abortion. And uh, with, with very few like levels in terms of like, complications, right? Like not many people experience complications when they have at-home abortions. Right. And so I'm curious to get your take on that and like what you, what you think about that debate.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're right. We're not going to see what we saw in the pre-road days of, you know, everyone's seen pictures of women lying on uh hotel room floors. Um, we, we, we won't see that. And I think what's so fascinating is to see these like really heated debates on social media, like uh, among everyone is pro-choice, but just this, like, you don't think that we're not, we're not going to see people dying. Well, we can't, you know, we're not going to go back. But I, I do think that we need to make space for both pathways. You know, we, you're correct. We will, we have these pills now they're absolutely safe, but there are so many Barriers to ordering these pills. Um, first, people may not know about Aid Access, which I should make sure I mention on the show. That is um, clinically supported, very safe um, website to get these medication abortion pills directly to your home in states where abortion is banned. No need for mail forwarding, so that's that's nice. It's actually pretty um, inexpensive, relatively inexpensive to the others, and they offer a, cl- a sliding scale. But they require a credit card, you know, and people may not have heard of it. So, and then there's also the 12-week limit, Um, you know, effectiveness slowly declines after 12 weeks. People can use them after 12 weeks. Um, Actually, on one of our, in one of our studies, we had two patients. One was 15 weeks, and another was 33 weeks later. Um, we had about seven or eight patients who later were found to be well beyond the gestational limit. Um, most of them needed an additional procedure to complete the abortion, but two of them needed no further um, medical care. They, um, you know, they they the abortion was successful, and um, you know the. They were okay. I mean, it it actually worked, so it does work later in pregnancy.
0: Wow, that's intense. I do just want to like take yeah. pause for like the thirty three week moment. Yes, I think yeah. like obviously being someone who is like aggressively pro choice, like very much uh, believes that that person did the right decision for them. But I'm mm-hmm. I want to make room for nuance, and I'm sure there are a lot yeah. of people listening saying like. Well, that is after like viability. Like I don't support that. Like I wouldn't do that for myself and I just want to mm-hmm. remind people to like have patience and like really understand that you have no idea what someone else is experiencing. You don't know if they found something out about that fetus where the fetus wasn't going to survive or if what whatever I'm not, I'm not sure well, even how I, to I just I just want to say that the patient, um, probably
1: most likely did not know. And so that's why I thought it was important to report this case because we will see very, very rarely, this was a study of 4,000 patients Oh wow! and there was one patient who was 33 weeks. Right. And so I think it's so important to put it in context. People don't know. Um, sometimes they, there can be an error. They might say, they might remember that they had, um, their last menstrual period seven weeks ago, but maybe it was implantation spotting, you know, Mm. maybe they didn't realize, or maybe it was something else. So, um, so it's, you know, I just, I just don't, my sense is from, we didn't have a ton of information on this case since it was a medical chart review, but my sense is she didn't know. And I think a lot of people are pregnant for a long time and they don't realize that they are. Yeah. And
0: really good point about spotting or like, you know, if you, your body is not, not changing, like in the same way that you expect your body to change, talk about like, you know, movies and TV shows. There are plenty of ideas that we get of how you're supposed to feel when you're pregnant and, right. and what actually happens. But yeah, I just think that's it's really important to call out two things: one that there's nuance, and two that this was one out of four thousand people, and that exactly. is not the typical experience. And yeah. um, you know, you who are listening, you may have opinions about that, whether or not you feel like that. And at the end of the day, like the laws, even in you know states um, such as New York, for example, that you could see as like a very, very liberal, quote unquote, state. Um, which again, debatable. There are many Republicans here and many mm-hmm. on Long Island and who knows. Um, but the laws here are like up to 25 weeks. And so I think it's important really to just like understand that everyone will have different opinions on that. And that isn't the typical experience, but I'm I'm glad that you brought it up because I think it adds to the conversation.
1: It does. And I think it's important to understand that, that that one case is not a reason to close off this access for everybody, right? Exactly. We, we will have every healthcare procedure carries some, some risks. And what's important for people to know who are going to attempt to self-manage is what to do. So if, if someone has a fetus that they don't know what to do with, they can bring it into a clinic. Of course, that's very hard in a state that's banned. There are hotlines that you can call. Um, I don't know them off hand, but there are uh, hotlines that people can call when they're in that situation. Um, if, when, how is an organization yes. that supports um, pregnant people who may be at risk of
0: criminalization, but you know, they have a hotline
1: um, and there's a few others.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And repro legal defense uh, fund. Um, Yeah. If, when, how definitely like super important to follow them on Instagram and social media and check Mm -hmm. out their website. Um, yeah, this has been a super illuminating, important conversation. I'm so glad that you have joined us today. I guess like if, you know, if you could really like sum up your research. I know it's really tough. Obviously you spent years and years like really studying this. Um, but I'm wondering like if you could leave the audience with like a few really key things that you would want them to really sit with and then like start a conversation with their friends and family about what would that be?
1: I would say abortion is safe. We need to think about Expanded ways to ensure people get can get this primary care, this essential medical service. We need to be creative, we need it to be integrated into primary care. And um the more we the more we can make it accessible and easily available, the um the, the more satisfied people will be, but also the safer it will be and the more more effective it will be.
0: Incredible. Yeah. And while we're here, you know, we we kind of mentioned a couple resources. Uh check out Aid Access, check out Hey Jane Health, check out Carifem, check out Planned Parenthood, you know. We we know uh that the data show that Planned Parenthood performs around 30% of abortions um currently in the US and so we know that by default, 70% roughly, maybe it's not exact, but way more than 30 uh, is performed at independent abortion clinics. Again, Mm -hmm. like with your very important research and with things changing day by day in this post row moment um, in a very sad and real way, um, those clinics need our help and the clinics Mm -hmm. that will remain open um, need our dollars. And if you're listening to this right now, and have not donated uh, to an abortion clinic, even if it's $5, $10, I really implore you to do that. It is critical that these clinics remain open in order for them to do life-saving, really critical work. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I'd also like to add abortion funds is, probably the best place to donate right now because they're so critical in moving people from these banned states to get to the abortion clinics. And yes. so they really, they pay for transportation and childcare and all those things we talked about earlier. So.
0: Yeah. Um, Dr. Upadhyay, thank you so much for being here. Um, this has been such a wonderful episode. Um, and would you maybe mind just sharing if folks want to follow your research and where, where they can find you online?
1: Sure. I'm on Twitter. It's Ushma U, uh, at Ushma U, U U-S-H-M like Mary A and then U for Upadhyay.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so, so much. Um, I'm really, really uh, looking forward to following you and learning more from you and reading more on your research because you are doing uh, really critical work. So thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. And thanks for shining a light on the data um, that hopefully will inform, um, you know, greater abortion
0: access around the country. Thank you. Excitement. Intimacy. Anticipation, contentment. UberLube lets you feel all the things you want to feel when it comes to sex with yourself and with a partner. It makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction and increasing pleasure. Recommended by leading doctors, UberLube is body friendly, free of parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. Plus, UberLube is latex compatible, so it's safe, effective, and pleasurable to use with condoms. Try UberLube now with code with db for 15% off at uberlube.com. What's better than your partner's penis? Two of your partner's penises, of course. Say hello to the amazing, the wonderful, the super fun Clone-A-Willy. Made in Portland, Oregon, ClonaWilly is exactly what you think it is—a DIY molding kit that allows anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high-quality, 100% body-safe sex toy. Because all parts are art. Use promo code SEXED with DB20 for 20% off at ClonaWilly.com. Did you know that American regulators consider sex toys as for novelty use only? This means that the materials are unregulated, yet we put them in the most absorbent places in our bodies. 25 years ago, Fun Factory was born with one mission, to provide body-safe German-made toys for a level of safety you can't get any place else. I personally love that these toys are not only safe, but also ethically made and award-winning. It's the kind of luxury our bits deserve. Use discount code SEXED with DB for 15% off Fun Factory toys. Our creator, host, EP, and sound engineer is me, Danielle Bezalel, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds, and our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. Want to advertise with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, Follow us on IG at SexEdWithDB Podcast and on TikTok at SexEdWithDB. See you next time.